This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I think right now when you're still like in that discovery mode, if you're in like an entrepreneurial creative mindset mode, try as much as you can so that you can actually figure out what you like and don't like and where you want to be in life. It's just, I think it's a full circle moment when you get to a spot like myself or Natalie, where this is just my opinion of, you know, when you hit that moment of like, wow. This is my life. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were just saying, like all the pieces that the people I met, the places I lived, it all connected. And you're like sitting here and you're looking back at the timeline and you're like, whoa. Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hi, Allie. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because you were my very first podcast guest ever, I think, right? I was the first or second. I think you were the second episode, but the first guest. Yes. So it was back in 2018. Yes. We were in LA. You had just moved there, right? Yes. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was like a few months in. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane because I feel like so much has changed since then. A lot (laughs) has changed since then. (laughs) Like so much, like in both of our lives. (laughs) No one go back to that episode. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what were you even talking about? I think just like my life in LA and I think my career at that time, which was very different from what it is now. But it was like fashion. Yeah, it was definitely fashion focused too. And talking about like making the leap and moving across the country, I think. Yes, correct. So now we're kind of going to shift gears and we're going to talk about kind of like navigating your 20s and taking that leap into entrepreneurship, which feels probably the same as like moving across the country. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) But if you guys are new here to this podcast or you're like, what the heck? This is not like your normal style. If you guys listen to the Julie episode, the episode where I had my friend Julie on, I was saying that I want to do more like casual friend episodes where I'm not necessarily don't have a set of questions. I'm just like talking to a friend. And I think I'm going to call these real talk, like R-E-E-L talk, or it could be R-E-A-L. I guess that's both in my name, but I like the real, like the play on words. So I just want to kind of have a conversation with friends because in my last episode, I talked about loneliness. I talked about kind of the cliche of having a big group of friends and how I've always felt like I've had like individual friends, not like a big group. And so I just want to have these chats where you guys as listeners feel like you're talking to a friend. I know obviously it's kind of like one-sided because you're listening, but (laughs) I think it's still just a very like casual fun episode and I love those and I don't have a co-host so this is kind of my way of having a co-host once a month. Yeah I like it. So I first want to give like a little intro of you. Allie and I have been friends for how many years? Since our sophomore year. Eight years. Or my sophomore year. Like coming on eight. It's eight years because I'll be 28 in December. That's insane. (laughs) insane. It feels like kind of just yesterday but I feel like I blinked and my 20s are like almost over. That is insane because I've always felt like my friends that I have right now, I feel like I haven't had them forever. Like I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, because we didn't go to high school together. We didn't grow up together. But in the same way, we kind of did because like your 20s is just another form of growing up. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's actually insane. So you're both of us like grew the most in the past probably like eight years of knowing each other. Oh, my God. When we met, I remember the day. Okay, so I remember the day we met. We went to Starbucks. Yes. At Harris Teeter. Yes. I remember it so well. We sat outside. Yes, we did. 
I and like, I was about to study abroad. Yes, you were going to yeah. study abroad. Yeah. And that was when we met. And then you studied abroad. So we didn't talk yeah, for like a whole semester. We were just Instagram followers. <laughs> and then we reconnected the following year. So my yes. junior year, your senior year. Yeah. And I remember you invited me to like a fashion show and yeah. express or no, it was an event. It wasn't a yeah. fashion show. And I remember that day. <laughs> I remember I was so hungover. It was probably one of my worst nights in college the day before. You guys, if you know me, you know, I never sleep in my makeup like that is like I will be back at five in the morning and I will take my makeup off. Like I will take my makeup off that night. I did not take my makeup off. And that is how I know. With your same makeup? Yes. Wow. Yeah. No, it was so bad. I remember I went to the the alley the night before. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I made such a fool out of myself because at this point, this is when I had like liked the sky. So I was single at this time. I was like, it was okay. My, it was in between. Okay, yeah, I knew who it was in between. It was my yeah. pe- single period for like a few months in college, and I remember I had a huge crush on this guy that did not like me. Let's be honest, like he did not like me, and I just like really wanted him to. And I think he kind of like, kind of liked me, but like not like seriously. You know, it was yeah. like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. And so I remember I went to the alley which was a bowling alley at NC State. And it like turned into a bar at night. And then like Wednesday nights, it was like popping. And I went there, I drank too much. And I made such a fool out of myself. Like I remember texting him like a bunch of times and like, oh my just being like so embarrassing. And like, this is so unlike me. Like, you know, that that's yeah. not me. Yeah, that's not you at all. Like, it's not me. I'm not I don't know. I feel like I'm not desperate. And like, I was really desperate. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Cause I feel like I remember you like telling me you were hungover when you got there, but then like, we didn't know each other at that level. So I never really heard this story. Yeah. So I remember that it was really embarrassing. And I remember the next day he texted me. I, first of all, I deleted the messages. You know, it's bad when like, I could not believe like the messages I was sending. Like yeah. it wasn't that bad. It was just like a lot. It was like very desperate. So I remember seeing the messages and I was like, oh my God, I'm deleting all of these immediately. So I deleted them. So I like wouldn't look at them anymore because I was so embarrassed. And then he texted me the next day and he was like, yeah, that was like really embarrassing. Like made me feel so bad about myself. What a jerk. Yeah. So that was You've never heard that, but that was that day. That was like my one desperate moment. Like, I promise, guys, I am not like that when it comes to guys. Like, yeah, I, you're really not. You're like super pretty much chill, like all chill vibes. Like, if anything, you're the one that's like the bad texter in the relationship. I know. Like, I'm not the one that texts really a lot at all. Like, I never text back. I, just not on purpose. Just I just forget to text back or like I'm not like a needy person. Like, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, it was so he embarrassing. Also, he did. No, but it was like, it was one of those, I think everyone needs to have an embarrassing moment like it's that. It's college. Yeah. yeah. You gotta like test the waters. Yeah. <laughs> so that was what we met. So that's how long Allie and I have been friends. Very long time. But I want it. And like when you came on my podcast, you had moved to LA. Yep. You moved all the way across the country. You thought you were going to be there for a long time. Yes. What were you doing? Because I want to talk in this episode about like how much our life has changed and like, yeah. So anyone listening to this, if you are in your early 20s, your life can literally change so much by the time you even turn like 26. I'm 26, Ali's 27. And when we recorded the last episode, you were what, 24? Like it wasn't like you were like 20. I think I was 23 or 24. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 24. And like, sounds right. Life changes. Gosh, that feels, why does that feel so long ago? Right. It feels like we were like 15. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was 24, 25, I think, living out in LA for those two years. 
Yeah. So what do you think you were going to do when you were in college? I think for me, so just a little bit about my background, I went to NC State, got a major in fashion textile management and really wanted to focus on going like design or marketing or both. And so the reason I went out to LA is because as we know, it's like New York and LA are known to be like the fashion capitals for getting like really great jobs in the industry. And so I was able to get my first job out there, which unfortunately the company did shut down during the pandemic. Oh, they're not around anymore? Mm-mm. So I worked for them, which they were a B2B focus, but I took them D to C, which was really cool. So I built their, their entire e-com website on Shopify. Like it was a really great experience, but to be like full transparency, I went out there making $40,000 and then I worked my ass off to get to like 55 but that took 11 months, which is like a pretty short period to get that bump of a raise. But in general, like that's what you get in the fashion industry though. And I sat here and I was like, I really don't want to work when I'm making like nothing for going to school that many years to like actually use my skills. So that's kind of why I took the marketing route. And so I got a new job out in LA after that, which was actually right before the pandemic. And so it was a very in-person type of job where like we traveled to events. I got to go to NBA All-Star, like all these cool things before the world shut down and made a lot of great connections. And who knows where I'd be today if I was still there and the pandemic never happened. But that's kind of how I got into media and behind the scenes and just wanted to really continue to focus on that because I found so much passion in it. But that's, you know, essentially the pandemic shifted a lot of things for me. And I think it shifted a lot of things for everyone. We kind of sat here and thought about what do we really want in life? Like Mm -hmm. the world could shut down again. And it's like, what are we going to, you know, want to be surrounding ourselves with so that we could go through that again and like actually love what we're doing. And so that's kind of where a shift happened for me. And now I'm in Ohio, which is completely (laughs) opposite of like everywhere I've lived. And I never thought I'd end up here, but here we are. Well, also like, I think COVID helped. You're sitting alone. You're not with coworkers. You're forced to do this work and people expected you to be on like all the time since you were home and doing nothing. So you really got to reflect like, is this work actually what I want to do? Because you don't even have the perks of fun coworkers and happy hours and like talking to people and all of that. Like you literally just have to sit on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. So I know like in the beginning of COVID, you obviously were working at that one job. You started doing marketing. I feel like you've always been in roles where you've had to do something from scratch and it's like only been you. Mm-hmm. And like you're like so stressed yeah, and overwhelmed. It's definitely I've been in so like to like adding on to that, like I've never done the corporate route. So I know you had a little taste of it yourself. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just knew coming out of college that I had no desire to go work corporate. Like I've always been a more small business entrepreneurial mindset, wanted to be able to grind for, you know, that time period to learn as many skills as possible as quick as I could to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And that was my like process in my head. And in the moment, like I look back and I'm like, wow, I actually did it. But like in the moment, it sucks. Like the grind is real. Like you are working kind of terrible hours and you're, you know, grinding for someone else and their benefit because you're not really paid that much when you're working for small businesses. That's kind of like one of the like negatives, but you are learning a lot of skills and you're wearing many hats. So it gives you the opportunity to have a voice and to work on like projects that like you truly want to work on, whereas that would not fit in corporate world. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? 
Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz-free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Remember when I was at Accenture, like there was so much, so many layers. Mm -hmm. Like I had my role and it had, so some days I would go to work and I literally would do nothing. Like there was nothing to do Mm -hmm. because like, I was one out of 400,000 people. It didn't matter if I got my work done. Like it was like, I felt so insignificant. I felt like nothing I did mattered or had a purpose. If I was gone, I would just get replaced in a second. Like Mm. no, no worry about that. If I ever wanted to like do a different position or change roles or change projects, it was impossible. Like there was so much bureaucracy, I guess. And like so many layers in between that nothing could ever get done. Like I hated that. Like I hated it so much. Not that Accenture was a bad experience because I think I got a great learning experience being in Mm -hmm. corporate, but I would have loved if I could do it over again, I would have loved to work at a smaller company so Mm -hmm. I could have been more hands on because I feel like you 
got to make some mistakes on behalf of mm. another company. Like, not that that's like a good thing. I, I mean, it is a good thing. But like, and our employees at Rella will make mistakes on behalf of Rella, you know, and that's okay. Like, we expect that. But you got to like learn without putting your own like money or, or having it be your own thing in. Yeah. And so now that you have your own business, you kind of like take those things that you Yeah, I know. There's a lot that I learned. And just like remember being in on meetings that were pain points for those companies that like now I can, you know, utilize whenever I make a business decision or whatever it may be. It's like you can read about it. There's so many books out there and yeah. podcasts and everything. But I think when you experience it like in real time, those are more like moments that you remember. And then you're able to kind of just like know to not make that mistake in your company. Although yes, you're going to make other mistakes, but it just kind of, it's a learning lesson. And there's a lot that comes from it when you do work with small businesses, but there are people that are made for corporate for a reason. I think there's a definitely a handful of people I know that can never be in this like small business entrepreneurial like mindset and that's okay. But at the end of the day, is it worth trying? I think so. It's just, you have to like understand like what the difference is yeah I never want to say that like one is better than the other no no I think that there's well yeah I mean and to add on to that too it's like you know like my boyfriend's in corporate and he has amazing benefits and like two months of PTO and like all these incredible things and then there's me who has I have to pay for my own health insurance which is pricey I have to take my own PTO and which is basically nothing. Like I can't, I can't really go anywhere right now, you know, until I really hire a team and stuff. So for me, like, you know, there are a lot of different limitations to lifestyle that you have to commit to when you do own your own company or whatever it is you're doing. Cause it's just, it's not as many benefits. Let's put it that way. And that's for a lot of small businesses. Like you don't get 401k. Like there's a lot, like I personally have to invest in my own as well of Roth. There's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. And no one tells you what to do. I think that's the thing. Like, I feel like I want to start like a working for yourself boot camp or something because seriously, the amount of questions I've gotten about like, what health insurance do I use? Do you have a 401k? How do you pay taxes? And there's so many scams out there too. I remember when I was getting health insurance, it was a nightmare. I accidentally signed up for this thing that looked real for like Ohio insurance. And then it ended up being like, let's feed your number to every fake health insurance plan. And so I was on like so many like insane list of just people like calling me and I'm like, why can this be easy? Like, why can't they just tell you how to go get health insurance? Like it should not be this hard and difficult. So there's, yeah, there's just things like that. You have to like teach yourself or like ask for help. For me, like I've always had to ask other people that were entrepreneurs, but like, if you don't know someone that's gone off and started their own thing, how, how are you going to know what to do? I know. How do you know what to do? How did Mm -hmm. did you ask? Did you just like Google everything or did you ask Yeah, And honestly, like every state's different too. I think it really Mm -hmm. does depend like where you live and taxes are different. Like there's so many layers, like owning an LLC in Ohio looks very different than owning an LLC in North Carolina or Florida or LA, like everything's different. So it's a whole, I mean, someone could literally have a boot camp per se, like on what to do. <laughs> yeah. A uh, business idea. I'm too yeah, busy anyone, to do that. But, yeah, like, same. but if you need mentors, we got you. Yeah. Like, please someone start that because <laughs> it is so complicated. I've been working for myself for the past three years, almost four years. And I still have so many questions. Oh yeah. Still don't have half of the answers that I probably yeah. should have. I don't know if I'm doing things right. And like, am I getting the best insurance? Am I doing, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thankful that I have an accountant and I have, you know, someone to do like taxes for me and, and set up my like corporation and stuff. But like, it was so confusing or like with Rella when we set it up, because like starting at startup in like a tech startup is much different than just like my YouTube LLC. Yeah. So much different. There's so many more things that go into it. And you have to think like long-term, like someone needs, please, someone listening, 
start a boot camp. <laughs> like, please. Like, I will sign up years later because if you know so anyone or yourself, I think it'd be, I think it'd be helpful. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff out there that we personally have not found or, you know, yeah. been able to use. But regardless, I mean, there's always so much to learn and they don't teach you this in school. So I had entrepreneur classes and stuff like that at state, but like, did I learn like the nitty gritty of taxes and how to form an LLC or what's the difference between S Corp or LLC or, you know, there's obviously sole proprietor. There's so many layers to how you can own a business and they don't teach you any of that. And I think that should be a course because look at all of the young entrepreneurs that are like thriving compared to our parents' generation and beyond. So it's just, to me, I think that would be such a valuable class in school, especially with how much we pay to go. (laughs) And even starting in high school, I feel like entrepreneurship should be an elective. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. Why not? Like there's people that are starting their businesses at like 18 now. Well, there's like home ec <laughs> when you learn to do your laundry. <laughs> Is that a class? That was a class at mine. Home, you literally, it was like set up as like a kitchen studio. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Like, please comment. Like, Wait, I'm I not never kidding. had that. No, seriously. It's like a required course where I went to school. Literally, they taught you how to cook. They taught you to do laundry. Like they taught you the basics of being like, a stay-at-home dad or mom, basically, which is like everyday lifestyle. You should know how to do those things. And the parents are the ones that are usually should be teaching you. Okay. Yes. But like, that's still valuable, I guess, in case people don't know. Cause like for sure. But I think at the end of the day, like, <laughs> I just think it was a really interesting class. Wait, did you take it? I'm pretty sure I did. I think so it was required. It was like laundry, like like a laundry room and like you would yeah, go and like learn. I remember like, there being stuff in there. I can't remember if I actually took a class and if it was required or not, but I know people that took it. Like you had to like put your whites separate from your colors. Yeah, like they like taught, that. which like I learned that at school too, because it's like important in textiles. But I think in general, there was like an actual, it's called home ec. I, I've heard of that, but I didn't know that that's what it was. When they're it's teaching probably it very co- outdated and I guarantee it doesn't exist anymore. But I know, like my mom took it. My parents took those classes when they were in school, they said. Honestly, like it's valuable though. They, I think those... It's, no, it is. But I think that there's other valuable like classes that could be addition to that to totally. like actually interest people. Like, I'm sorry, PE. Can we get rid of that? Can we get rid of that? That was my nightmare in school. I hated <laughs> PE because I didn't play sports growing up. Did you play sports? Uh, yeah, I played a lot of sports. I like mixed around. I did not play any sports. My parents never put me in sports. It's literally the most really? embarrassing thing about me. Yes. Oh, it is. What? I never played sports. Like, I ever. think I did like literally every sport besides like I was terrified of like softballs and baseballs because like my neighbor, my neighbor lost her front tooth because she wasn't <laughs> looking. And so ever since I saw that as a seven year old, I was completely scarred and I will never throw a baseball or softball. So I did anything that really tennis ball was or tennis was the only sport that I actually like played, but it also wasn't a terrifying ball to me. That is so <laughs> funny. No. I never played sports. So whenever PE came around and we had to play kickball as a, as a class. Oh yeah. Kickball. I was always so embarrassed because I was like, I'm not going to kick the ball. I'm going to miss. I'm going to (laughs) miss. And you know, it was also really embarrassing whenever people had like captains and they had to choose the team. You were the last. Always the last one. That is cruel. (laughs) I'm sorry. Can we get rid of that system? Like the teachers should separate because it's always going to be kids like me or like, yeah, that's like a bully's like moment to just be like, pick her last, you know, like be yeah. And like everyone makes fun Typical of you. Typical high school. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh my God, like you picked, la- like you're the last one. So you, you have to go on that team. And then the team is like, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was me. And like the middle school locker room was so traumatizing also. 
I remember I didn't shave my legs for a long time. Like I just didn't. Yeah. I was like in sixth grade and I didn't because I didn't know. <laughs> like I didn't know anything. I thought shaving hurt. I remember oh I didn't know anything. And I remember getting called Natalie Baboon once instead of Barbu. <laughs> It was so mean. People are so mean. I mean, I was monkey arms like all the way through. I literally to this day have zero hair on my arms. So if any of my bully friends are, you know, listening in on this, you're the reason why I don't have any hair on my body. 100%. I got laser hair removal on my arms for that very reason. Like, literally, it was traumatizing. It was traumatizing for sure. I used to, yeah, I hated school for that reason. P.E. It was P.E. <laughs> like so I hated it so much. I really did. But anyways, let's start a petition to end PE and start do homework and entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. Because those are things that are valuable. Yeah. Things that will keep our bullies just like their mind racing in other directions and yeah. not making fun of hairy arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> and people who like, can't like kick a ball and like don't want to be picked for a team. Like, yeah, it was so embarrassing. <sighs> so... Now, obviously, you're starting your own business. You are not in like that space anymore. Like you're working for yourself. Mm -hmm. You made the move from L.A. because last time we talked, we were in L.A. from L.A. to Ohio. Yeah. I went from New York to Charlotte to Miami, you know, but I left New York. And I feel like both of us kind of had the same feeling of like, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you did, but I felt like I failed when I left New York. I definitely felt like I failed because I felt like it was cut short. I was just kind of rolling into a career out there that I thought was going to be like, wow, I'm going to make my mark on LA. Like I'm going to figure out what I want. And looking back, I'm like so thankful that I personally like am not there anymore because I would personally never move back there. It was a great opportunity, like being able to see the world and travel to new places and live around like different places in your twenties, I think is like definitely the thing to do because you're kind of still figuring out who you are, what you want, where do you want to be long-term. But yeah, the pandemic moved me back and, you know, I moved to be at home because my lease was ending in LA and I really didn't have an option to live anywhere else. And obviously the unknown of like, what's going to happen with my job. And I needed to search for a new job because I didn't know what was going to happen with all this like pandemic stuff continuously, like just, you know, going through all the years. And so, yeah, I mean, I felt like I failed a little, but at the same time I look back and I'm like, wow, that was such like, like, I'm kind of thankful. Not that I'm thankful that the pandemic happened, you know, obviously all the horrible things, but at the same time, like it allowed me to slow down for once and not be go, 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 like New York mindset. Like I've got to be busy all the time. I've got to figure out who I am. And it allowed me to actually sit back and like get into meditation and journal and figure out what I want, where do I want to be right now in this moment? And that's kind of like what helped me like guide me to where I am today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So like when I left New York, I felt like I failed. I was like, I was here for only a year. I thought I would be here forever. Mm -hmm. And also New York was one of those places where I was like, I'm going to make it there. Like, I'm going to leave my mark. Like you said, now that I'm in Miami, I don't want to move back to New York ever. Like, I like really never want to move back there. I am so happy for my time there, Mm -hmm. but I'm also so grateful for like realizing that and like not being there anymore and being here. And like you said, it allowed me to like slow down a bit Mm -hmm. because I didn't before. Like I was so, so like hustle culture, like going all the time. And now, even though I feel like I don't have any free time and like I'm always like working, yeah, I still feel like a sense of peace and like a sense of relief. And like I, I can take a breath here, mm-hmm. even if I am like busy or like working a lot. Like I just feel 
calmer. Yeah. And I think it's because I'm in a place that's not as hectic. Like Miami is still pretty hectic, but it's not the same like energy as those yeah, bigger cities. Yeah, energy different. And like I live right by the beach and I can go there and I can go on walks and I, you know, I have my routine here and I have space in my apartment. I'm not mm-hmm. living in like a closet anymore. So like I think all of that, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity, but I'm like even more grateful that it happened where I'm now here and like Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I failed I actually feel like it was like such a success now that I look back for sure yeah I'm definitely thankful myself like I don't know where I'm gonna be like long term yet like I I like Ohio it's definitely affordable there's a lot of ways to still make connections and be in business there there's a lot of fashion industry you know there's a ton of business there that I could still connect with internally for my own like connections and workload but I think at the end of the day like does New York still excite me yes will I move there one day I don't know but like there's definitely places that I still would like to test out while I'm still in my twenties. And it's just one of those things that I don't know what's going to happen, but right now, like I'm comfortable. And I think, you know, just depends on where my business does go. And when I see myself making that move, if it does happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the beautiful thing about your twenties is that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like you can really change, you can move, you can change careers, you can go off and find do your own thing. Like, was it scary when you did your own thing like when you took that leap it was this is like my second llc and i definitely like whenever i had my last business which you were a part of a lot of it like you were there when i was building it and like it was definitely more hands-on work i was making like custom design like denim jackets but i think in general like that was a scary leap but i also still had like a full-time job and technically this time around too like i did have my full-time job for a few months before i took the leap to do this you know company full-time but I honestly saw it as like a side hustle. Like it was my creative outlet. I felt a little stagnant in my career at the time this year. And then I kind of saw like how I could make this a business opportunity and connect and help businesses grow on TikTok and feel the same way that I did at my current like company then. So I don't know. I just feel like for me, I was scared, but I'm not scared. I think, you know, there's other feelings you deal with like imposter syndrome. There's a lot of people in the social media space. There's things that I have to overcome daily, but in like, there's good days and there's bad days with any business. But I think for me, you know, it's more or less just like trusting in the process. And like, I am just every day, like pretty positive about like my affirmations and going into every day with like the most active, like, you know, it's going to be good. You know, you're not going to fail, especially during a recession. It's scary. Mm -hmm. So there's like lots of layers to any business. But I think for me, yes, it was scary in the beginning, but I feel really confident about who I am. Now, if I would have done this five years ago, I would not be the same person. Yeah. I, I've matured a lot. I know how to run a business. I learn every day like five new things on what I'm doing wrong in my business that <laughs> I have to change. Like it's constant learning, but it's fun. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like work. It's work, but it's like my creative outlet. It's everything yeah. that I get to pour into all these different types of brands. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I feel the same way. Like right now with Rella, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I started it when I did. It's just crazy when you look at your life and you see like the puzzle Mm -hmm. pieces that kind of like fit together, like the timeline. You're like, wow, that needed to happen so that this could happen, so that this could happen, so that this could happen. Like it's a domino effect. That's why I just like want to encourage anyone that's listening to this in their 20s or I mean, whatever age doesn't have to be their 20s, whatever age you are, your life can change so much. And like what you are doing right now does not mean that that is like what you're going to be doing forever. And it doesn't even mean it needs to be in the same like field that what yeah, you're doing. I think you just need to like savor the moment now because like I truly love, like we were talking about yesterday. I am so happy with where I am in life right now. It's just like one of those moments that you become like so thankful and you realize that like how hard you've worked to get to this point or like 
what's to come in the business or, you know, just humbling moments that I want to make sure that I am fully like captivating every single day. That's why I don't like to look too far ahead because I wanted to be a wedding designer for the long, like a wedding dress designer for the longest time. And can that still happen? Yes. Like my favorite wedding designer became a thing at 40 years old. Like her brand was not relevant until she turned 40. So like, will I do that one day? I don't know. But right now in this moment and my like trajectory path for what I see in the next five years, it's what I'm doing now. But could it change? Yes. I think that's so beautiful though. Like how much our life can change and like we just go with the flow and then it ends up working out. Yeah, experience as much as you can. Like mm-hmm. have three jobs, have different friend groups, like try new foods. Like there's so many things that I just feel like I have learned in my 20s now that I'm approaching the late 20s. It's like try new things, like say yes more, like obviously don't go in debt for it. Like don't go beyond your means. But like I just whether it's business related, life related, like whatever it is, like I just think there's so much that you can kind of do now and Mm -hmm. not hold back whenever you are in a more like stable, whatever relationship, kids, like when all that's in the mix, a little bit more difficult in my opinion. But I think right now when you're still like in that discovery mode, if you're in like an entrepreneurial creative mindset mode, try as much as you can so that you can actually figure out what you like and don't like and where you want to be in life. It's just, I think it's a full circle moment when you get to a spot like myself or Natalie, where this is just my opinion of like, you know, when you hit that moment of like, wow. This is my life. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were just saying, like all the pieces that the people I met, the places I lived, it all connected. And you're like sitting here and you're looking back at like the timeline and you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's insane. And like, that's not to say that there's not moments where like, even right now, I'm in a very happy place right now. I'm Mm -hmm. very content, but that's not to say that there are not moments where I'm like crying and scared and stressed and there's really scary, bad moments. Yeah. But that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's like, and that's the difference going back to the corporate versus like being an entrepreneur working for a small business. I'm content and I'm happy, but I'm never comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. I do feel like there's this uncomfortable movement every single week of my life because there's something in my business. I don't know how to answer. There's something that I'm behind on and it's a growing, like, process of being able to tackle new problems every day because there's usually new problems every day for me right now with just like my growth so far and like needing to hire employees and like there's just so much you have to figure out whenever you are building that side of it which is the exciting stages this is the time to lay the ground for like what this business could look like you know three five years from now yep so I'm in that awkward like I'm uncomfortable everyday stage right now but I'm hoping like I surpass that and it feels a little bit more like okay, I have some comfortable days. Yeah, I feel like you'll always feel like slight discomfort, but that's, it's a good motivator. No, it's good. Yeah, but not everyone likes that though. That's why corporate world, you're comfortable. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but I think it just depends on who you are as a person, like your personality, like what you like, if you're extroverted, introverted. I think there's a lot of differences of like, Mm -hmm. that's why I was saying like people are made for corporate and Mm -hmm. I know people are, but like, I also know people that like to be uncomfortable and have like that growth in their mindset and everything. Totally. Well, I like really liked this episode. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Did you like being on my pod a second? Is this the second or third time? I don't even remember. I think it might be the third. Second? No, it'll be the third because I was on Relis too. Oh, okay. Well, we have, we'll have to have you back so that you can actually talk like details of your business. Yeah, no, for sure. Because well, maybe we'll do a boot camp episode. Right? It'll just be like a quick That'd episode. I've been wanting to start a podcast, honestly. Oh my God, you should. I just don't know if I have the time. You should start one. <laughs> I just feel so inspired by these conversations. Like I do think like just sitting down and like chatting with a friend, especially when you are in a creative space and you work by yourself, it's a little harder. Like you, you have a growing team, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit easier to bounce ideas, but 
it does inspire you to speak to other people like yeah. in this space. That's why I love podcasts so much. Well, yeah, maybe I'll start the podcast boot camp, but then someone can just make the info and like the actual boot camp. You should. You should start a podcast documenting like your entire journey since you recently yeah. started your business. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to bring on like clients and stuff too and like actually speak to other like businesses because I have an amazing like clientele right now that I Do would it. love to just like spread their message and everything because it's a lot of small businesses so you should start start like even like once a month and then work your way up to once a week yeah I have all the podcast equipment it just sits in a tub <laughs> I bought it like two years ago thinking I would start one and here we are I'm like I got other things on my mind all right well if you want Allie to start a podcast please dm her or dm me and, and let us know <laughs> yeah amazing yeah I need well, some motivation from the crowd <laughs> Well, where can they find you and where can they follow you and where can they DM you telling you to start a podcast? Yeah. So my personal is at Ali Velas, which just go look in the description of how to spell that. And then I have my company, which is Creative Av Studio. So you can find that on Instagram or TikTok, which I do not post a lot, but I'm getting there. So yeah, just definitely follow and then you'll see the new content coming through shortly. Amazing. Well, thanks, Ali. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovon Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.